Welcome to my show, The Story of My Life, brought to you live from my house. Here is your hostess, Sarah Adewalu. I am 25 years old and I'm from Little Ferry, New Jersey, which if you're not familiar with, it's in Bergen County, neighboring town between Hackensack and Teaneck. Thank you for tuning in to episode 30 of my show. This episode is part two of an episode I've done previously where I just talked about my summer job at the YWCA. To recap, I just talked about the annoying job search process and applying for summer jobs until I finally got an offer from the YWCA. In this episode, I'm going to go into more detail about all the activities, events, and stuff that happened each week at the Dumont Camp. The YWCA Northern New Jersey has two summer camp locations, one in Mawa and the other in Dumont. Guess which one I chose? Right, I literally just said it a few seconds ago, Dumont. It's closer and also... I have no freaking clue where Mawa is. Other than Ramapo College, I'm not too familiar with the physical like vicinity of that area. So anyway, I know I mentioned being confused as to what group of campers I was supposed to be with and all that stuff. But eventually I figured it out along the way. The first day of camp was Monday, June 27th. Since it's, a, since it's a summer camp, you can only guess that it's a weekday job. So our only off days were the weekend and the 4th of July, too. Yeah, we had off for the 4th of July. When I worked for the YMCA last summer, I found it very weird that for some reason they didn't didn't have off for the 4th of July. Um, That is technically a federal holiday. I'm not not entirely sure why. Um, But anyway, I was grateful that this time around that a summer job actually allows you to have off for the 4th of July. And I got to say, having that one day off really made such a huge difference. I'll dive into the details by saying that before I started working, the YWCA office staff, like the camp manager director, um, you know, like I mentioned in that previous episode, um, he gave me the YWCA camp items, like the orange bag, um, the orange folder for like papers and documents, um, the YWCA plastic water bottle, and the white camp t-shirt for staff. So I would carry the orange bag around with me as sort of like an extra bag for me to put some of my change of clothes, like my swimsuits and flip-flops and other stuff like that. And I would carry mostly my black backpack to put all the essential stuff, like uh, the orange folder. 
um, the orange folder is what they gave out to each um, counselors and staff um, because that's where we're giving the schedule of camp activities and events and also the roster for all the campers in attendance. So in each of our assigned groups, the names of all of our campers, um, the plastic water bottle um, they gave out as well. Um, I think the first one that the camp director gave to me, it had a leak or something at the bottom of it. And I actually didn't start using the water bottle like right away, right away. Not until like, I guess the third week of camp. So like midway through the summer program. Um, so when I would take it out of the refrigerator, my refrigerator in the mornings I would notice it dripping so I thought that was odd so I had to like ask him the camp manager to that if it was possible for me to get a new bottle um the water bottles were um distributed at the YWCA's um actual like office building like the one in Hackensack so um, one time, the woman who's the director of youth development, uh, she handed me a brand new bottle, and def that one definitely did not have a leak under it, so I was good to use it. As for the camp t-shirts, they were customized by your size. Um, they were all white for young camp staff members, such as myself. And the others who were about my age or a few years younger. Um, the camp manager himself, um, along with the two assistant camp directors and the woman who's the director of youth development. And I think also the camp manager as well. You know, just the general staff. They would all wear black camp shirts. And um, also there's this woman who's like the oldest counselor member out of all of us um i think she's about in her early 60s or something like that um yeah um she was the one only one who was given an orange camp shirt i guess maybe because she's the oldest and for the camp shirts um we would have to wear them only on mondays sort of as a way to like start off each new week at camp just in case we had like new campers assigned to each group so we would wear the camp shirts just sort of as to say hey we're your mentors yeah because that's what the camp shirt would say um on the front it would say mentor and whatever number goes on the back i think and then mentor YWCA at Dumont. I think that's what it says. I don't remember what it says. I mean, um, if I take the shirt out from my closet, um, I'm gonna read exactly what it says. But but it's it's different for like the camp general staff members, like the manager himself, the assistant directors, um, because they were wear black shirts and we um camper counselors slash specialists we would wear white shirts so and the campers themselves 
Um, since they were obviously kids, it would be customized by their sizes. So their shirts would be orange. It would, would say more or less the same thing as ours would say, but theirs, since they're kids, their shirts are orange. And so for us staff, for, for the rest of the week, you know, on Tuesdays through Fridays, we could wear whatever the heck we wanted, um, as long as it was appropriate for camp, of course, because, you know, kids around. Um, so, yeah, but we didn't have, like, super strict dress codes. Um, just only on Mondays we had to wear the camp shirt. And on that Monday when we had off for the 4th of July, um, I kind of forgot that the camp manager had said, sent the memo that for that Tuesday when we would actually be be back at camp after the 4th of July break that everyone would have to wear their camp shirts on that Tuesday instead um, I like totally forgot to wear my camp shirt that Tuesday um, I just wore a like a casual like nice gray um, t-shirt that I never realized that I had um, but you know no one like made a huge deal out of it it's just I completely forgot but you know it happens it happens and um, I always would bring my den denim jacket with me each and every single day of camp just in case we were in cooler areas so like certain rooms inside the school building would be cool or have fans inside them like if there's no fans that there would be air-conditioned rooms like the um, gym slash the cafeteria. Um, the school bus, if we're going to the school bus to go to the Dumont Swim Camp, which isn't too far from the school, um, sometimes the bus would have, the buses would have air conditions turned on, so... In those cases, I would wear my jacket with me until we would get to the Dumont Swim Club site and then, yeah, back into the sweltering heat. So I would just wrap my jacket around my waist. Um, so the um, school building itself, um, it's used as a day camp area and campers were assigned to to groups based on their ages and I guess personal preferences. And those assigned groups would be assigned particular classrooms within the building. So during the summer, that school building isn't actually occupied by any student or staff who actually attends that school during the regular school semesters. Um, so some of the campers themselves actually go to that school, so they're pretty familiar with it and everything, and that's pretty great, you know. And in terms of camp groups, there's five of them. Group one, two, three, four, and five. Group one is actually split into two groups, 1A and 1B. Um, group two is its own group, as well as group three. Groups four and five are actually also one and the same. Like They're split into two groups as well. Um, I'm kind of 100% certain about this, but 
I think group four was for nine to ten year olds, and group five was for eleven to eleven to twelve year olds. Since there weren't like a lot of campers assigned to group five, um, the camp directors and the manager himself um, they made a choice to combine both groups together. You know, groups four and five together. So we would call that group groups four and five. I would mentally call it group four slash five because, you know, that shows that they're one combined group. You know, just like groups 1A and 1B. Um, 1A, I believe, was younger kids, four-year-olds. And 1B was five through six-year-olds. Um, group two was seven-year-olds, and group three was eight-year-olds. So it's based on the ages of the campers themselves, um, because some of them have, like, summer birthdays or birthdays later in the year, so it also depended on that factor as well. And so for week one of camp, and just that one week only, I was assigned to group four slash five. I was actually with that group from Monday to, I believe, Wednesday um, before one of the assistant camp directors, um, the black dude, um, he assigned me to group 1B, um, which is my permanent like group for the rest of that whole summer camp program. So, yeah, 1B was the younger kids, and group 4 slash 5 was the slightly older kids. The oldest kids at camp were um, (laughs) 12-year-olds. The youngest kids were 4-year-olds who happened to be almost all of the campers in 1A, and those Assigned campers also included the four-year-old identical twins of the camp manager himself. So I think he uses that as an opportunity to, you know, keep a close eye on them during the day um, because he is married. Um, So I think his wife kind of has to work during the day. I don't know what. But she does. I didn't get the chance to ask him that. Um, but he uses this summer camp as an opportunity to get his sons involved and more, and you know, to keep a close eye on them because they do tend to be pretty rambunctious, very mischievous, you know, four-year-olds. <laughs> so yeah. And um. We had two assistant camp directors who would kind of assist the camp manager. Um, so one assistant director was this girl. Um, I think she's about a year younger than me, and she's Hispanic. Um, so she's one of the staff members who would have the keys to the building when the doors were locked um, because, of course... The school building has locked doors policy. So whenever we would step out of the building for a while, um, we would either have to place those keys on the door for easy access 
where we would have to knock on the door and someone in the building would open up for us. And the other assistant director, um, he's also more so in charge of making phone calls and giving us um, staff meetings, just quick brief meetings in the mornings. Um, He's a black dude, like somewhere in like his late 30s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so like I mentioned, he's the one who would give us camp staff brief morning announcements regarding the day or week's activities slash events. Um, So he would call in the specialists first. So that's counselors who would teach the kids like certain subjects like art, music, and I'll go into that a little bit further along the way. And then after the specialists, he would have a talk with us counselors as well. You know, just I would have quick little updates, of course. Yeah. And so as counselors, we would either have we would we have to report to either him or to the girl assistant director. You know, the number of campers who were currently present in our group, you know, during a given time. And also make note of when a camper is absent or running late or if they have to like leave camp early, etc. And yeah, some of the campers at some point had to leave camp early, like if they were feeling sick all of a sudden or if they had like a- other appointments like doctor's appointment, dentist appointment, you know, stuff like that. Um, Yeah, the two assistant camp directors and even the manager himself, they would also be in charge of calling out these kids from their respective groups, letting the counselors of each respective camper know, hey, this kid needs to be, like this kid is getting ready to clock out early. Well, not clock out, but like leave early, you know, just... Just that kind of notice. So, yeah. I I really liked working at the YWCA um, because I liked that it was so much different from working at the YMCA. Um, last summer at the YMCA, there would be there would be counselors by themselves assigned to a particular group of kids and if you guys remember from that episode, I initially had no freaking idea that I had the schedule of activities right there in front of me. So I didn't really like have a clue as to what to do with my campers for the time being or where to go for their activities, you know, at that lake campsite in New York, you know, stuff like that. So I think when I'm by myself with a group of kids, I really wouldn't have a clue as to what to do. Like, I would get nervous. Like, I don't know what I would do unless someone tells me what to do. And at the YMC, at the YWCA, I'm sorry, um, it wasn't like that. Like, you were paired with at least one or two other counselors. So I was really grateful to not be all alone with a large group of kids because I I know I would be really lost and clueless like I really wouldn't know what to do with them um so that's why the YWCA had LITs so that stands for leaders in training or counselors in training or just someone training to be a counselor 
And those would be kids between the ages of 13 through 17. So counselors in training, leaders in training, whatever you want to call them. Um, we had at least three of them. So that was one of them was a 13-year-old girl, a 15-year-old boy, and I think a 17-year-old boy. Um, these LITs, um, I don't think they had like any large particular study camper groups to be assigned to. Um, I think their role was more so to fill in for camper groups who are short of main counselors. So for my group 1B, it was me, another girl, and another woman. And um, actually, before I was assigned to group 1B, I was initially with group 4 slash 5. And so the main counselor for group 4 slash 5 was this black guy. Um, And the LIT for the group was a 13-year-old girl. In that first day of camp, since I didn't really know, like, which group I was assigned to until the camp manager told me to stay with um, group four slash five for the time being. Um, I was kind of the main counselor, um, along with the 13 year old girl as the LIT, the leader in training. Um, I didn't really know that the black guy would actually be the main counselor, um, because before he like came into the classroom, like, like I was doing attendance for the kids. There were, I think about 24 of them. Um, so this guy had been running late, um, so, and then when I did the attendance for those kids, um, I tried my best to, um, pronounce each of their names, you know, both their first and their last names, and the oldest kids in that group were two 12-year-old girls who were pretty tall for their age, um, about like five, seven or something. Like they're pretty tall girls for their age. So so they because they're twelve year olds, they would obviously be assigned to group five. And group five, of course, as you know, is combined with the group. So yeah. And um when the black guy counselor finally like came to the classroom, um, he was the one that kinda took over like being the counselor for the group um he was the main counselor for the most part and the 13 year old girl who was the lit she was just sort of to the side like assisting him when necessary and so there were three of us in that group and um I think the girl, though, was mainly assigned to group four slash five um, because that's kind of where she stayed for the rest of the summer. So I guess for the some of the LITs, it kind of depends on their personal preferences of the age group. And and after the first two days, though, the black assistant camp director guy um he permanently assigned me to group 1b for the rest of that summer so that left just the black guy and the 13 year old girl to be in charge of group 4 slash 5 well actually well yeah 
Well, actually, uh, in Group 1B, I switched places with another black guy counselor. Um, because in 1B, um, there was that other black guy counselor, the guy who wore glasses and a baseball cap, I think. Um, he worked alongside the black girl counselor. Um, she wears glasses, too. And so the black assistant director did a switcheroo with me and that other black guy with the glasses. So that guy got assigned, got permanently assigned to group four slash five, along with the first black guy counselor and the 13 year old girl. And so that means that in group one B, this girl and I were the two black girls assigned to the younger age group of campers. And then along the way, a few more members joined us to be counselors assigned to particular groups. And so until another woman joined Group 1B, it was just this girl and me as the only two counselors for Group 1B. And also to reiterate, to reiterate, the two black guys were now the main counselors for group four slash five, along with that 13-year-old girl. So I just hope I didn't, like, confuse you guys there. Um, so I'll try to, like, clarify it later after I finish recording this episode. And so this black girl and I, um, we got to know each other a little better because um, obviously, you know, like I said, we're both black. And just like me, this girl wears um, glasses. Um, but for that summer, of course, as you guys know, um, I mostly wear my contacts when I'm, when I'm outside of the house. So um, I wore my glasses all throughout. Um, I mean, my contact lenses, I'm sorry, all throughout. Um, because, you know, I knew that we would be having outdoors activities. And knowing me personally, I would not want the sun to be all up in my face so that's why I wear my sunglasses I'd wear my contacts so that I would wear my sunglasses over them so yeah I didn't want the light to like reflect my eyes the sunlight I mean so yeah um this girl the black girl um I got to know her like <clears throat> I'm sorry about that but yeah, I got to know this girl more um personally. Um she said that I think at some point that she had a younger brother, like fifteen or something. I don't remember anymore. And that she said that this was actually her second year working at the YWCA and that next month is going to be her third year like third year like working there all together um so she and I kind of bonded with with each other like while we took the kids you know the group 1b campers to the playground which is located right behind the school building um this girl said that she is currently a, a sophomore at FDU the Tina campus where I 
also uh, transferred from, if you guys don't remember from that very first episode of this podcast that I created. Um, yeah, so that's where this girl says that she's a, she attends and that she is a nursing student and that she only works at the YWCA part-time during the summer. And um, I told this girl that um, I transferred to Montclair from FDU that and that and that at FDU I was initially a commuter before transferring to Montclair and that that I was currently pursuing my master's in public relations and I got my bachelor's in journalism um again I don't like to talk about it um but anyway we just kind of bonded and really hit it off with each other um I felt a connection to her um because we're both black but now when that I think about it I kind of really regret not having asked for her phone number or at least maybe her social media like if she's on Instagram or something um (coughs) sorry about that I got a water break in a little bit but yeah, I guess that's something I'll have to look up for myself. Um, her Instagram, like if she has any, her Facebook, you know, anything social media. So, and that uh, if I'm able to ever find her on social media, then maybe I can like ask her for her number. I'm, I'm not sure why the thought didn't like come to me to like get her number. <laughs> Um, yeah. Sorry about that. I'm just taking a sip of my water. Okay. And I'm back now, so. But this girl, um, she's apparently friends with another black girl within the camp staff. That other black girl was the specialist for arts and crafts so um i'm gonna go into more detail about the staff who served as specialists in a little bit but that girl the art specialist girl um she has a brother who served as the sports specialist um so the guy who all the campers love to have carry them and being playful with them and stuff like that So apparently that girl, you know, the art specialist girl and that guy, the sports specialist guy, um, apparently they're both siblings. (laughs) And I kind of had a feeling that they were siblings um, because when I was looking at the YWCA camp roster on the app on my phone, the app that we used to like sign ourselves in, like clocking in, clocking out, checking our payments, you know, stuff like that. Um... I got to see the um, roster for the staff members, not only at the Dumont camp, but also at the Mawa camp. Um, At the Dumont camp, um, I saw that both the guy and the girl share the same last name. And so I put two and two together that maybe these guys must be siblings. Um, The girl, you know, the art specialist. She has a bit of a lighter skin tone than the guy, you know, the sports specialist. Um, the girl wore glasses, too, and 
But I could see a teeny tiny bit of a resemblance between her and her brother. Um, The guy has a regular, normal, dark skin tone. You know, like me, the girl, counselor for the 1B group, um, our camp manager, the assistant camp director. A regular, um, dark skin. And um, the two black guys, of course, in group four slash five. So, yeah. But the, the the girl, the art specialist, she's the only one who's a bit of a lighter skin tone. So I kind of had a feeling that maybe she and the, her brother, you know, the sports guy, that maybe they're half siblings instead of being like full blooded siblings. Or I don't know. I don't want to make that assumption, but. The girl counselor for 1B, um, she said that she was from Teaneck um, because Duma is located between Bergenfield and Teaneck. So whenever my dad would um, drop me off in the mornings and pick me up in the afternoons, um, we would always like pass by those certain roads in Teaneck that we're completely familiar with, um, almost as if we're going to the FDU campus. And um, besides, I kind of already figured that the girl must live in Teaneck or someplace not so far away from the elementary school building. Um, I did, however, um, send her a connection request on LinkedIn. Um, but now thinking about it, um, I don't think she checks her LinkedIn at all. So like I said, I really, really wished I could have asked her for her phone number that maybe we could sort of chat a little bit outside of work. But I I know now that she's probably busy with classes at FDU as a nursing student. I can only imagine the workload as a nursing student or a biology student. Like, yeah, but... I do hope that if I'm able to like find her on social media of any kind, like Facebook, Instagram or whatnot, then I can like connect with her and maybe ask her for her phone number there. Um, but yeah, so this girl and I, we were the main leaders of Group 1B until about two and a half weeks or so into the camp program where we were joined by another woman. And so this woman is Hispanic. And um, if I were to guess her age, I'd say maybe somewhere mid to late 30s or early 40s-ish or something. Um, so this woman was permanently assigned to our group 1B. Um, so from that moment on, it was us three ladies taking over group 1B. Um, this woman herself has a son um, who's about a few years younger than me, so like his late teens. Um, and this kid himself had also visited a Dumont camp maybe like once or twice, just sort of like to shadow over certain groups. At some point, this guy like shadowed for 1B, you know, just to be with his mom, you know, this woman. Um, this kid's a really nice kid, and, and I noticed there was age age gap between this woman and her son um I kind of had the feeling that maybe she must have had him like when she was kind of young um because 
she herself looks to be like fairly young i guess if she's like in her late 30s and this guy this kid of hers who's in his late teens then i think she must have had him kind quite young um i mean there's nothing wrong with that i don't think i'm just making like the general um neutral observation um but this kid though this guy he did he actually this eventually decided to work at the Mawa camp instead um, because he apparently likes the outdoors and stuff. And also this woman, um, she's one of the staff who had volunteered to work those last two weeks at the Mawa camp along with her son. After the Dumont camp ended on Friday, the 12th of August, um, I'm going to go into more detail about the Mawa camp and the staff who offered to work those two shifts, along with the campers themselves who are also registered for that other camp. And then we also had the new other counselors joining other campers and two new LITs shadowing and permanently filling in for other groups. Um at one point, um, the woman in with me in Group 1B, um, she'd been out for nearly a week, whole week or something. Um, when she came back, she did say she had COVID. Um, so that was why she would mostly wear her mask. Um, the black girl counselor had always worn her mask from like the very beginning like the first week since I saw her and I also started wearing my mask too about the second or third week of camp all through the rest of the camp I I always wear my mask and also yeah some of us staff members too just for like safety precautions I'm gonna get to that in a little bit in the previous episode after this the part two of this I think or part three I don't know (laughs) um yeah so anyway when the woman was out sick, um, one one of the LITs filled in for her by joining me and the black girl in our group 1B. So this LIT was a 15-year-old boy who has a younger sister um, who was who was also a camper assigned to group 4 um, because of her age. Um, she's 10 years old. So the guy and that girl would come to camp together. And so that girl was a camper in group four along with the black guys, the two black male counselors. And um, the 15-year-old guy would be assigned a particular group by the assistant director um, because he is an LIT. And um, in some cases, um, he was assigned to Group 1B. And so all the campers in my group would take a liking to this guy. Like, they like him so much and that they would often, more often ask him than me or the black girl to take him to the bathroom, um, take them to the water fountain to get some water, um, go to the nurse, you know, stuff like that. And this guy was actually pretty great with the kids. So I didn't mind that at all when... Never they would like ask him to like take them to the bathroom and stuff like that when necessary. Cause you know, if you were outside then it would save me a lot of building a lot of trouble of having to physically go back into the 
you know, their building and then come back out. So I, as long as this guy didn't mind like taking them, then that's great. And that's what I really liked about the YWCA. Like, I like that it wasn't just only one counselor alone with a group of campers. Um, I like that it was. I like that it was always one or two other counselors alongside us. Um, that we weren't just like all alone in this. Um. Yeah. Um, I like that because if there were at least three counselors in one group, that means each counselor could take time to rotate their own lunch breaks and schedule their lunch breaks and talk it out with each other. And yeah, that's the thing that we were able to rotate with our fellow counselors, our specialists and staff. And um, at the YMCA, though, however, we didn't like really have any of that like we didn't have like LITs everyone had to be like full counselors like no matter what um um, and we didn't necessarily like have a break per se like you always had to like have lunch and snack break at the same time as the campers and guys just forgive me as I go into a quick little tangent about the YMCA schedule of things but first let me just take a quick water break my throat's getting sore i'll get back to you guys in just a jiffy i'm back y'all so my quick little tangent about the ymca last summer um just just some things i consider to be pet peeves and um, one of those is lunchtime. So obviously all the staff would have lunch at the same time as all the campers. And I'm not sure if I ever told you guys about this in that episode. But on Thursdays, our supervisor, you know, the woman who interviewed me for the position in the first place. um, She is the supervisor and the camp director. Um... She would have staff meetings during lunch. and But this is one at a time in terms of the roles of staff. So, for example, the activity specialists would be first to have their meetings with her and in the dining room. So that means when the activity specialists were in the meeting, that would leave us main counselors and the other staff members like the lifeguards and the nurses um, with the campers. Um, so after the specialists, next would be the lifeguards, the nurses, etc. They would be next to have the meetings. So that would be, so with the campers would be us counselors and the specialists. And then after the lifeguards and nurses and other people had their meetings then finally it would be us counselors and so that means the um, specialists and the all the lifeguards and nurses were supervising all the campers um no that's not my pet peeve so far i'm just saying the general thing um my pet peeve is actually like the 
forgetfulness of campers and I guess just kids in general like <laughs> you guys out there if you like work with kids or have any current or prior experience with kids you know this that they tend to be kind of forgetful when it comes to their stuff you know like their personal belongings like their clothes or you know their lunch or something and you know again since each counselor was it was only one counselor per group like no one was helping others like even within Kahagan like I know I said that there's four colors to represent four counselors within Kahagan but us four counselors were in Kahagan were like individual like we worked individually so for me personally it would be me alone with a group of seven or eight campers my assigned group of campers um <clears throat> I guess what I'm trying to say about my pet peeve is this just the general annoyance of like having to physically like go back and forth between the dining hall you know which is where we all ate lunch and snacks and the Cahagon cabin the Cahagon cabin was you know just not far from the dining hall building at all but we just had to like go up the hill and you know just the physical burden having to physically go up and down the hill it was just annoying for me personally um because the lunch time of course was only 40 minutes um I just didn't really like the idea of having to physically like go back and forth, back and forth with the camper who forgot their lunch or their snack or any more of their personal items. Like it kind of took away some time, took some time away from me personally to have my own lunch break. And, you know, by the time we'd get back to the dining hall, then there would be just a few more minutes left of lunch to go to the next activity and, you know, that's why we always had the routine of collecting all of the campers' lunch boxes and putting them in our assigned brown bags based on our camp groups. So for Kahagan, I was mostly assigned Team Blue in Kahagan, so all my campers would put their lunches in the brown box that says Kahagan Blue. So they wouldn't put their lunches or snacks in Kahagan Red, Kahagan Green, or Yellow. They would have to put it in Blue because that was their assigned group for me. So Because we always had to put those brown bags in the refrigerator of the dining hall building room. So every camper's lunch, whether it was hot or hot food or cold food, it would have to be refrigerated. They Like, they can't use microwaves. And during, I guess, the last few weeks of regular camp, I, that's when I learned, actually learned that the microwave was located inside of the nurse's office. So I'm not sure if the campers themselves would ever notice that if they wanted to, like, go see the nurse or something. But the microwave is, like, literally located inside there. And the nurse's office is literally right next to the supervisor's office, you know, the woman, her camp director um that's her office is right next to the nurse's office as well and inside the nurse's office like I just said was the microwave and that was only for staff only so like campers specialists lifeguards nurses um the microwave is never ever for campers it was just only for us staff and um apparently there's an unwritten rule at camp that staff should never eat in front of campers um 
I would always have to be reluctant to save my lunch for later um, because the Kahagan campers, um, um, they're, they're the youngest age group of campers, but they're just so forgetful with their lunch. I'm pretty sure the older kids, like the oldest age group of kids, the 12 or 13 year olds, they don't forget their stuff easily. Like they, they know they like put, get their shit together, apologize for the language, they, they know better, but because they're like younger kids, like younger, younger, like five or six year olds, like I guess their brains aren't like fully developed. Um, that's why I would always have to like remind them for the upteenth time, make sure you have your lunch boxes put inside of the brown bags because you know I say that a lot because I really really do not want to like come back to the cabin at lunchtime if they like forget their lunch like that's why we tell them please put your lunches and your snacks inside of it and um I for some reason though counselors would be blamed if they're campers didn't eat lunch at all um because they apparently forgot it forgot about it in their cabins and the campers apparently forgot to remind their counselors that they forgot their lunch and you know all hell breaks loose because of that and you know that's why I would ask each of my campers individually about seven or eight kids did you put your lunch in your bag or do I have your lunch I would make sure that I get a yes response out of them um, because I want to be 100% sure that I won't be physically, like, coming back and forth to the cabin during, di- to, from the cabin to the dining hall during lunch, um, because during lunch, I would generally like to have my lunch break as well and eat in peace, so I really have to hate to be the one to pick up the pieces after these kids if they're forgetful of their lunch, and that's why we have to remind them for the millionth time, put your lunch boxes in their brown bags um um, because there was a time though that I think they had to only put their snacks inside a small like cabinet inside of their cabin I think but then the woman supervisor changed it to that they have to put both their lunches and their snacks inside the snack boxes so yeah I know that was a weird tangent about the YMCA lunchtime. Um, um, so I'm going back to the real story about the YWCA. Um, uh, for those reasons that I mentioned about the YMCA, I really like that at the YWCA that it wasn't just only one counselor alone with a group of campers. Um, even the black assistant director said so himself that it can, it should never possible for just only one counselor to be alone with the group of campers so if certain counselors were absent um there had to be at least one or two other counselors who are willing to assist to assist that main counselor of that particular group or or maybe an lit or something that's also where the lits came in handy and because for the most part in my group 1B, it was us three ladies together, me, the black girl, and the Hispanic woman, all three of us working together. And when the woman was out sick, um, it was the 15-year-old boy, the LIT, taking, uh, taking over for her while she was out sick. So it would always be us three within group 1B. And of course, we'd rotate between our lunch breaks. So that made it easy and convenient. More that made it easier and more convenient for us. 
And the black girl, um, she seemed like she was the main counselor because she was the one, like, we're still directing everything. And so it was mostly um, her doing the directing of stuff. And me and the Hispanic woman were just, like, offering assistance along the way, like, helping some of them, like, get dressed up or out of their swimsuits quicker, more quickly, and yeah. In Group 1B, there were, there were also um, 24 campers. Um, in total, the number of campers enrolled at the YWCA was sometime, something over 100. Like, at some point, I think the main total was, the highest total was 127 campers altogether. So that means in each group, there would be at least 20 or a few more campers. Um, but in 1B specifically, um, I think there was 24 campers. And their age group, um, it would be between ages 5 through 6. Well, let's say eight, up to age 7, like ages 5 through 7. And because the campers had summer birthdays or later birthdays that would make them be approximately seven years of age as of right now, um, because right now it's a bit later into the year. Um, the youngest camper in the group, I think, was a five-year-old girl um, who's about to turn six next month. Um, so this girl has a late birthday. Um, so she is technically a six-year-old, I guess you could say. And um, as the weeks of camp went by, um, some of the campers would let us know if it was their last day of camp, whether if it was just for the rest of the whole summer, like they're not going to any do any camp activities at all because they would be on vacation with their families. Or maybe just their last day at the Dumont camp, because like I mentioned, um, some of the campers were also registered for the Mawa camp as well. And yeah, the campers themselves would go on vacations for a while during the time of the summer camp program. And the same also with this few of the staff members as well, like counselors, me, a few of them, I think. So last summer when I worked at the YMCA, they obviously had a strict guideline about staff members taking off for vacation. And that vacation was only allowed for the campers, never ever for like the staff and such. But thankfully, the YWCA wasn't like that. Um, the YWCA was more of a chill environment um, where campers and the staff were allowed to have off for vacation. Unpaid, of course, for staff, but yeah. Because it's only a part-time position, so... Um, I guess it's like the mentality of what would they pay you for it? I don't know. So yeah, there had been a few campers in my group 1B. There had been a few campers in my group 1B who I thought were gone for the whole summer, but only... A few days later, it turns out that they had actually been on vacation for a while. Because um, when they returned back, um, that would get me thinking, oh, they probably just went on vacation, that's all. At least two or three of my campers had 
certain last full days of camp ever, uh, which meant their last day of camp for the rest of the summer, uh, meaning that they would go on vacations with their family. Um, Not necessarily like to the Mawa camp. Um, It just means that these campers' parents had only registered them for a certain number of days or weeks at camp. So it would always be like a heartbreaking goodbye for these campers since they've made lots of friends. Okay, maybe not that many friends, but you know what I mean. And at least only one girl in my group, 1B, had been registered for the Mawa camp for the rest of the summer. And if memory serves, I think it was the middle of the third week of camp. Um, This girl was half Colombian, and so she brought some Colombian food with her one time when the camp hosted an international day event where the campers themselves had to be the ones to bring in food and certain meals from like their ethnic cultures and background. Uh, I'm going to talk more about all these specific camp activities and events and I guess part three of this. So whenever we would lose a camper that way, whether it was their last full day of camp ever um, because of how, how many weeks of camps their parents had them registered for, or whether it was just the, their last day of camp at the Dumont camp, um, so each week, every single week, would we would get at least one or two new campers assigned to each group. And so for 1B, we were always getting new campers each week. Um, the female assistant director, you know, the girl who's about a year younger than me, uh, she would be the one to, like, come to each group and introduce the new camper. And so she would come to our group 1B and introduce the new camper and just sort of be like, hey, everyone, this is so-and-so. Please welcome so-and-so into your group. And everyone in 1B would unanimously say hello to whoever the heck this new camper was. (laughs) So, yeah, most of the campers at camp are are actually pretty familiar with one another even before camp, I'm not talking about like being siblings or relatives or something, but I know if they're like friends from like the same school, same neighborhoods and such. And I think I also mentioned that some of the campers, not just 1B campers, but the all the general YWCA campers, like all the campers, most of the campers at the camp themselves actually go to that elementary school itself. Hannes Elementary School. And so when I was putting in my employee information for this um, job, um, I learned that the YWCA camp has schools from all over northern New Jersey, including Oradell and whatnot. And the school itself has another address located somewhere else. I believe in Oradell or something. Um, I could be wrong with that. Um, so when I was filling out my info, um, I had to like reach out to the camp manager just to confirm that I was sending all the right information to the right school, the Hana school in Duma and not to the one in Oradell or wherever the heck else. <laughs> and so some of those 
some of the campers actually go to those other schools, those other school districts within those areas. So if not this specific school building here and right there in Dumont, um, they must go to those other schools, maybe. And some of the campers themselves also live around the area, like this one girl in 1B, for example, um, this blonde girl, um, uh, I think she turned seven when the summer camp was over. And so this girl's mom would be mostly the one to come drop her off in the mornings and to pick her up in the afternoons. Um, whenever this girl's mom came for her, I would notice that she would walk over like to the school to come pick up her daughter and or to drop her off in the mornings or something. And so that got me thinking that maybe this girl and her mom live right there in the Dumont area, um, probably not too far from the school. And that the girl probably goes to the school itself. Um, the girl's mom is like super nice and friendly. Um, even if this girl herself kind of has some bit of anger issues, um, which I'll get into details about soon. Because, <laughs> hey, man, are these kids a handful or what? <laughs> Including the older kids. Every, every kid is a handful. Those of you who work with them or currently or previously, you know that. <laughs> And as usual with kids at summer camps, um, most kids tend to be um, related to one another in some way. And so not just close friends and such, but like neighbors, siblings, cousins, relatives, etc. That's the one thing I always noticed whenever I worked at a summer camp. Um, Not just at the YMCA last summer, um, but in the summer of 2018, I made note of sibling Campers who are siblings at the Hackensack Recreation Center. And someday I'm going to do an episode where I talk about working at the Hackensack Recreation Center. And you guys will forgive me if I mention Guy 1 a lot. um, Because he kind of is an important factor to the time when I worked at the Hackensack Recreation Center. So again, bear with me if I kind of bring up his name a lot. um, Because at the time though, I didn't really you know yeah that, that'll be another story for another time I don't want to like divert the attention away from this um but I was as I was saying at summer camps you would have kids who were related to each other and roll that camp together and that was certainly no exception for the YWCA um other than the camp managers um identical twin sons um there were a lot of campers who were related to each other as siblings or cousins or just like really super close friends and and or neighbors so when i was in group with group four slash five paired with the black guy counselor and the young 13 year old lit girl um there were a few campers in that group who were siblings and were paired together or based on their ages assigned to different groups so one example was three siblings, two boys and a girl. The oldest boy was 11, so that would place him in group five. The younger boy um, was 10, and along with his younger sister, who's nine, and the youngest of them three, those, those two were in group four because they were nine and 10, and the 11-year-old was in group five. 
Um, in terms of like their physical resemblance, the 10 year old boy and the nine year old girl were more like pale, like fair skinned than the 11 year old boy. Um, the 11 year old boy looked a bit more Hispanic, like in terms of his skin tone. And I later learned that the 11 year old had like a darker skin tone from his father's side of the family. So he's not necessarily biologically related to the other two, since the other two were more fair skinned than he was. But anyway, I just thought it was super cute, though. Um, yeah, I know I shouldn't keep saying this, but you know, kids really are very cute and adorable. Like, they really are. And um, in my new group, 1B, we had some campers who had siblings enrolled in other groups, like groups 2, 3, 4, slash 5. Um, because 1B is a younger group of campers, as well as 1A. So campers who were assigned to 1A or 1B would have older siblings assigned to the older age group of campers. Um, so groups 2 to 5. And so... The other group, those other groups were the older kids, while the group one, group one A and one B were the younger age groups. So, um, one example was the five-year-old girl I've mentioned just a few minutes ago about having a late birthday. Um, she's gonna be six next month. Um, she told me that her birthday was the day immediately after Christmas. Um, so she'll be six. And um, she has a brother who's who is enrolled in group three. And like I mentioned before, group three is a group of eight-year-olds. So I'm going to assume that her brother is an eight-year-old. Yeah, he's older. So yeah. Another thing about summer camp is that there's always a chance that you'll have kids who share the exact same name as other kids, which I always consider to be a cute and funny coincidence. <clears throat> sorry my throat is getting sore um so that was certainly the case last year when I worked for the YMCA when I mentioned that in my Kahagan group there were two young boys who shared the exact same names as each other it was be a running joke that there's two of them that I thought it was cute that they share the same name but it was just a different spelling yeah so the older boy was Hispanic um, his name was spelt differently from the younger boy who's black and that black four-year-old boy whom I told you guys about and talked about in that episode. He is the youngest of the Cahagan um, campers um, and because he was four and I think at this point he's five now. Um, he's so cute because he's the one who, who I told you guys about in that episode who would cry whenever he would lose at a game that we played. And man, that little guy is like super adorable. Like you feel bad for him when he cries whenever he lost a game. And it's like, dude, it's okay. You know, like <laughs> we play to have fun. But yeah, that's what it is. But at the YWC8 though, um, we, we did have a few campers who shared the same first name as each other. In fact, one of the counselors actually shared the same name as one of the campers. So that would be the black guy counselor for group four slash five. 
He shared the same first name as one of the campers for group two, um, which is, and that camper in group two is a really super cute little kid with blonde hair. Um, so that kid and the black guy counselor shared the same first name. And at some point, one of the campers from another group asked if the name of the person was staying for after school which we would call post camp at YWCA so I thought and some other camper thought that maybe the camper was asking if the black guy counselor was work in charge of working the after camp shift or if they were asking if the blonde kid with the same name as the black guy counselor was assigned to group to after camp care so they were actually like, it turns out that they were, the camper was actually asking about the blonde kid, the camper. Um, and the, and that kid was assigned to after camp. I mean, after camp, after care shift. So yeah, the blonde kid was assigned to after care. Um, the black guy counselor, however, was not in charge of working the before care shift or the aftercare shift um we confirmed that that camper was asking about the blonde kid being assigned to for aftercare being registered for aftercare so yeah and in my particular group 1b um the blonde girl whom i just mentioned whose mom would always come over always walk over to come pick her up in the afternoons and drop her off in the mornings yeah, that girl shares the same first name as the 12, skinny 12-year-old 12 girl in group 4 slash 5. And because the 12-year-old girl is 12, um, that would place her in group 5. Um, the 12-year-old girl kind of served as an assistant to the black girl art specialist. When the art specialist would come to 1B's classroom for art time. Um, the 12-year-old girl would kind of help the art specialist girl, like, with the art supplies, like, handing out papers for, like, arts and craft activities. And so, one time, the blonde girl in my group 1B, she would get a little pissed when someone mentioned her name, um, when they were actually addressing the 12-year-old girl's name. And then the blonde girl, she was like, she stole my name. <laughs> Oh my god, and I couldn't like help but laugh at that because it was just so hilarious. Because it's like, girl, this this other girl is literally a few years older than you. Like, you're six and this girl's 12. Like, how does she steal your name when she was born a few years before you? Like, you, I mean, you both just happen to share the same name. Like, yeah, <laughs> so adorable. But yeah, both these girls, you know, the blonde girl and the 12-year-old girl. Both, the gr both these girls were named after a type of flower that has four letters and starts with the letter L. That's my hint to you guys as to figuring out what their name is. Um, because it's spelled the exact same way after the flower starts with the letter L. You guys guess what that is because I'm not going to reveal it. You guys know what name I'm talking about, right? But yeah, yeah, the YWCA, um, just like the YMCA, it's very diverse in terms of its employees and 
all that, including the children enrolled in the programs and summer camps. There was a lot of diversity on the YMCA camp staff when I worked there last summer, and even among the enrolled campers themselves. Um, the woman supervisor, she's white, and obviously so are her daughters, and obviously probably her husband. Um, but it was definitely a diverse mix of counselors, specialists, and staff and assistants. In Team Cahagan, I worked alongside a Hispanic woman who seemed to be the oldest counselor out of all of us, probably like early 40s or something. I'm not sure if I ever mentioned it in the episode, but this woman has a nine-year-old son also enrolled at the YMCA camp. Um, he had been initially assigned to Cahagan, but I guess the woman didn't want to like show any like favoritism towards him because he was her son. So that's why she and the supervisor talked about having this kid be assigned to one of the boys groups, like B1 or B2 maybe. I think B3 was also one of the boys groups. Um, That's where the kid was initially like registered to one of those camp groups, boy camp groups. Uh, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but the point is that diversity was an important factor in these summer camps, including when I worked at the Hackensack Recreation Center. I'll talk about that again in one other episode. And um, diversity was definitely important for the YWCA. Uh, Both the camp manager director and the black assistant director um they were both black dudes and um the woman who serves as the director of youth development um she's hispanic and after just after i just found out from checking my emails that this woman herself is also a camp manager along with our black man camp manager um this woman too is a camp manager but she is hispanic that's the point and the other assistant director, you know, the girl who's about a year or so younger than me, like I also mentioned before previously, she too is Hispanic. And um, we also have specialists um, who are a group of counselors who would teach certain subjects to the campers, like art, music, sports, and STEM. And so these counselors is, were assigned for those certain roles. So the art specialist, you know, like I just mentioned before, she's black, um, but she's kind of light-skinned, though. Um, and she's apparently close friends with the main black girl counselor of 1B. Um, they both wear glasses, so I'm thinking that's something they both have in common. And so I also mentioned before that the art specialist girl is the was the sister of the black guy who thought the camper sports, the sports specialist guy, um, you know, like this girl, she's lighter skinned and the guy is just a regular dark skin tone. Um, he's the guy that most of all of the campers really, really admire. Like they really like it when this guy like, like comes to take them outside for a sports activity and everyone would be like super excited to be close to him and give him high fives, hugs, fist bumps, you name it. This guy is like super cool with the kids, very laid back and you know, I I don't know how he does it, but 
I guess he has a certain charisma to him. So that's great. I mean, I wish the kids would kind of like, like, uh, how do I say it? I wish the kids would kind of gravitate towards me like that. Um, I mean, I guess they did, but we'll see. I'll talk about it in the part three. And um, the STEM specialist, um, she's a girl, um, white. Um, she's about five years younger than me. Um, STEM, obviously, you guys know that stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. And um, with art, but this girl would mostly come up with some art activities like coloring and such. So obviously, you know that the A stands for art. And so technically, it would be STEAM instead of STEM. And so this girl has two sisters um, who are also part of the camp. So a younger sister who's about two years younger than her, closer to her in age. And this girl is blonde and she was initially a new counselor. Um, you know, the STEM girl kind of referred her sister to the YWCA camp. And then the girl who's, and then the younger girl who's blonde, um, the, uh, she was, she, um, how do I say this? She became permanently assigned to group 1A. I'm talking about the STEM specialist, um, sister, um, the blonde girl, um, she got assigned to group 1A. Again, that's the younger four-year-old campers. Yeah, so. And then, and then the STEM specialist's other younger sister, besides this blonde girl who's the counselor for 1A, the other sister was a nine, nine-year-old girl. Um, you guys guess which group she was assigned to? That's right, group four slash five. And because she's nine, um, that that would make her be placed in group four. And so when I uh, was initially the counselor for group four slash five, I actually did not see this girl's name on the attendance list. So, yeah, after I did the attendance and I asked if is there anyone's name I didn't call out, that girl raised her hand and told me her name. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I don't see her name on this list. Because, um, you know, I don't think the camp manager or any of the directors um, updated their um, roster for 4 slash 5 or that particular group. Um, whenever we'd have new campers, um, um, I was just going by the paper. I just, I didn't have, like, the iPad to, like, see the updated names. Um, yeah. Yeah, because the black guy counselor had been running late um, because he was the main counselor and I assumed he had the iPad. I I had no idea about that. Um, But I felt kind of bad for this girl, though, because she seems like a very sweet girl, very well-behaved camper. Um, Again, she's the youngest sister of the STEM specialist and the blonde girl counselor for Group 1A. So that girl's their sister, the youngest. So, yeah. And um, finally, we, we had the music specialist. And so that girl, um, she's about three years younger than me. Um, this girl, she's very, very talented at playing the, the, the guitar. And she would also bring like a small like radio or something to play with her. No, wait, never mind. 
scratch that. That's her phone to like play songs for certain songs to learn for the upcoming talent show. Um, because she was the one who was like in charge of like running the talent show. Um, she would bring her guitar with her like each and every single day to every single music teaching lesson. And so my group 1B always had music class immediately following lunch. And so when it comes to all these activities like like sports, STEM, art, or music, all the specialists would be the ones to come to the classrooms to teach these subjects. Like we wouldn't come to them. Like they would be the ones coming to us like with their um, supplies, artwork, activities. And for the sports guy, um, he would come into the classroom and line up have the kids like line up and follow him outside. So he would be the one to come to the classroom. So we wouldn't like go to him. He would come to us. And the same is true for the music specialist girl. Um, she's the one coming to us, not the other way around. And it's always usually around this time in of the music class that the main black girl counselor would go for her own lunch break. Like, like, because every class was about 45 minutes long. And also, that's the same length for our lunch breaks. You know, us staff for our lunch breaks. So, um, the 45 minutes was long enough for counselors and staff to go on lunch breaks and rotate with one another. And again, that's what I really admire most about the YWCA was you get to pick and choose your own lunch breaks. And so, this when this girl, the main black counselor like when she would go for her lunch break that would leave me and the hispanic woman with these kids um, with the music specialist um but before the hispanic woman even joined our group 1b it would be just me with these kids in the music class with the music specialist and the music specialist was like i said was in charge of organizing the annual camp talent show which was always pre-recorded so that means that the parents wouldn't like physically come to camp to see the kids like performing dance moves and all that stuff so the music specialist um she would record everything together on like her cell phone put on a tripod and just put together all the technicalities so that it could be viewed on the smart screen in the cafeteria slash gymnasium room um, so that all the campers would have a chance to view all their fun and talent over the seven weeks of the summer camp program. So it wasn't really just dance moves and singing. It was also a compilation of all the fun and activities that we, we've we all done over the seven weeks of the summer, which I promise you I'll go into very more vivid details about that in the other part after this. And, um... I promise y'all that I'll definitely get to the part where all the staff members did very wonderful things for me on my birthday. How all the campers, including my group of campers, you know, 1B, how they all also wished me happy birthday on my very special day. So I'm just going to do a quick Sunday episode um, where I can fill in the blanks of anything 
important that I've missed out, any important piece of information, either for the YWCA or the YMCA, that anything that I left out, um, I'll just let it all out into the open. But for now, you guys just stay tuned for another Sunday, ep- another quick Sunday episode and the following part of the um, YWCA camp activities and events, my birthday, you know, just stuff like that. And yeah, stay tuned, y'all.